Perfect. Yeah, it was four years ago. I got to be the, uh, the Eric Ingstrom. I wasn't nearly as cool, though. So, you know, we'll get there. We're going to be talking about the book of Mark. And I've got to ask, anybody here named Mark? No? Yes? All right, man, you get candy, right? I mean, it's the book of Mark. You're named Mark, you get candy. That's just, that's how it works. So, yeah, I'm the campus pastor for the Vernon Hills campus. I'm excited to open up God's word with you. Um, I want to begin by asking about some of the important questions that you might be asking in life, right? And they might seem, maybe they're small, maybe they're not so small, maybe it's as simple as things with COVID right now, but okay, do you, do you go hang out with those friends or not? Or maybe it's with, okay, do I go to the in-person school or the online school or the Zoom or what does it look like? There's questions that you're asking. Well, I'm going to propose that tonight's question is maybe the most important question you could ask in your life, which is a heavy statement. Hope to back it up. We'll see. But the, tonight's question is, who do you say that I am? Pretty random question. I know. Who do you say that I am? So in order to kind of get us into the mood for this, uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit. I'm going to do a little bit of a game with you. Um, we're going to turn to the book of Mark. This is the central question that is asked and answered in the book of Mark that we're going to study together for the next few weeks and tonight, chapter 1. I want to play a little game called Who Do You Say That I Am? So I'm going to pretend to be somebody. I'm going to list off some statistics about myself, and I want to see if you guys can guess who it is. So that's kind of a a little bit about how we're going to begin this evening. So to begin away, this first person. I was born in 1989. I arrived swiftly onto the music scene. I love to sing. At the age of 11, I sang the national anthem for the Philadelphia 76ers. You got some names? Man, you guys are good. Yeah, you guys get candy right away, right? Did you guys, did you say that already? Oh, man. Okay, okay. You get candy too right here. Don't let me hit you with it. Okay, here comes another one. All right, right? Well, by the age of 21, I learned to sing the guitar. I began singing on my own and crying over my guitar, right? Soon I was known for burning pictures, being fearless, regardless of the criticism I received from others about my reputation, I just had to learn to shake it off. So who am I? Taylor Swift. You got it. Anybody else that was, you know? No, okay, good. Okay, you got the first one. Here's the next one. Who do you say that I am? 2020 has been a terrible year for most people. Um, So I have to say this carefully, but my life's been pretty great. I began by winning the Super Bowl. Then I was the Super Bowl MVP. I managed to avoid getting drafted by the Bears. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's totally, totally bad. I'm going to throw some at you anyway. All right? Um, not only did I win the Super Bowl MVP, I became the highest sports player in the history of the game at over half a billion dollars. I uh, got engaged. I'm expecting to have a baby and a baby girl, and I'm currently one of the MVP discussions. You guys got it. Patrick Mahomes. Who do you say that I am? Patrick Mahomes. Good. I know, I'm a Chiefs fan. I had to bring that one up. I apologize. Back there, Ben. All right. The next one, here we go. Who do you say that I am? I've been at my current job most, longer than most of you have been alive. I'm famous for my PBS TV show and I appear, that I appeared on. I'm the renowned author of two different books. I always know the best places to eat. I love to act, to tell stories, to impersonate others. I'm a diehard Bears fan and Cubs fan. You got it. Here comes more. I admit, I'm just doing this so that I can throw candy. There it is. Uh, who do you say that I am? Siler. 
That's right. Good. Anybody else that, was, that knew it was Siler? Come on over here. I just want to give out some more candy. There it is. Yeah, sure. In the back, is that a hand raise? All right, done with the candy for now. Thanks for letting me throw some candy at you. You were right. It was Siler. Point of that, uh, the game, trying to get you into who do you say that I am, trying to get you into the theme of the book of Mark. Again, I'm going to argue that's one of the most important questions that you can answer on your own, but it's about a particular person. It's about Jesus. Who do you say that I am? So we're going to be looking at the book of Mark to try and answer that question. And something you need to know about the book of Mark. When you start to read the Bible, because we're going to go through it for a couple of weeks, oftentimes people think that the Bible is written to them, right? It's like, oh yeah, the Bible's written to me, and I'll just open it up, and I'll look at it, and it'll tell me what to do. Unfortunately, that's wrong. (laughs) The Bible is not written to you. The Bible was written to a specific audience at a specific time in a specific place. Now, the Bible is written for you. You can learn from the Bible. We can learn from it and see what truths it has to offer. But it was actually written to a specific audience. So when we read the book of Mark— It was written to an audience, and it was meant to be done um, not just as a book. It actually was written as something else. Anybody have a guess what it was written as? Yeah, back and back. Yeah, that's pretty—I'm going to give you some candy that's not quite right, but you get candy anyway. And that was a terrible throw. I'm just—I know. No, that's not making it. I'm sorry. Okay, what else? What was it written as? It was not written as a letter, but you get some anyway. Oh, what'd you say? Person, you raise your hand. I'm sorry. That's okay. I mean, it probably is. It's not what it was written as. It is a form of communication. It's not a movie. It's a. All right, you guys. I'm just going to give it to you. It was written as a play. What? You said that back there? All right. Snickers, I can throw better. This is my Halloween candy. I've got three, I've got two kids, one baby due in a month. So my oldest is Claire, she's three. I've got a son who's Frederick, one and a half, and I've got a baby due in a month, a little girl. So we'd go trick-or-treating, and we got tons of candy, which is not great for me. So I had to, like, throw it at, throw it at you guys instead. But right, okay, so it was written as a bit of a play. It was meant to almost be acted or performed. Now, technically, it was ri- written to be read out loud. But as you read the play, you'll notice it's very quick. There's a lot of scene changes. There's a lot of action. It uh, says the word immediately, often. And it's all centered around Jesus, and it's meant to be performed to a group or to a large audience like this, and the person would come out reading it and be able to act it out a little bit. So that's what the book of Mark was written as. I need you to kind of have that in the book of your mind. It's an oral performance, much performed like a drama or a play that we would have today. Now, as we read it, when you have a play, there's always, you know, certain characters— you guys need to put yourselves in the place of the disciples. So when you read the story and you hear about what are the disciples doing, that's where you're supposed to put yourself. Like, okay, I'm supposed to like imagine I'm the disciple trying to figure it out. So as you read through this on your own, which I'm going to challenge you to do, that's your goal. Read through it, imagine you're the disciples, try and walk through it, learn to it. It all all centers around the question of who do you say that I am or who is Jesus? Okay, we're going to look at this together and I've got... um, a couple passages we're going to look at. So the first point I have for you on who do you say that I am about uh, the book of Mark comes from Mark chapter 1 verse 1. It says, Jesus reveals he is the Son of God. Jesus reveals he is the Son of God. So when people say, well, who is Jesus? Some people might say, oh, well, he was just a really nice guy, and he tried to teach people how to be moral. What he actually claims is to be God. 
In fact, I had this conversation with my brother who is uh, not a believer, would very much does not appreciate Christianity. And he would, he would argue Jesus was just a good guy. I said, well, you, David, that's my brother's name, why do you think that they killed Jesus? It's because Jesus claimed to be God and they were mad and they killed him. So the first thing we need to know when we're leading to the book of Mark, when we say, who do, we, who do, we, who do you say that I am? Jesus is going to reveal he's the son of God. So look at Mark chapter 1, verse 1. I've got it up here on the screen for you. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. The very beginning. Points out, yep, claims to be the son of God. Now, son of God is actually a term. It's actually meant to be able to, basically meant to be God himself. We can talk more about it, but just you can take my word for it there. Claims to be God. So then starting in verse 9, we've got a couple more verses. Now, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my dear Son, and you I take great delight. Now, there's a bit of something going on here in, its, in, in the Bible. It's called the theme of sonship. And it's not meant to hate on girls. It actually includes both genders. But it was in, that, in those days, right or wrong, we'll go with wrong, uh, they, they tended to, to take care of men more and idolize that family line. But the idea was, if you are a son or you are a, in part of the sonship, the children, you will behave like your father. So if you are a, a nurse then you will be, if your father was a nurse, sorry, your mother was a nurse, you will behave like your mother be a nurse. Or if your father was uh, a silversmith, you will be a silversmith. You will act like your father. The goal is, when you're in relationship, you do what your father or your mother did. That's the idea of sonship. So by God saying, you are my son in whom I delight in, he's giving the, the idea that I am God, you are God, you will act in the ways that God acts. Because the book of Mark, there's a problem. People live in darkness or people live in light. And darkness means they cannot see God. So Jesus came to reveal who God is. He came to bring light. Okay, I've got another verse to kind of talk about that a little bit. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. I think we've got that up here for you. Mark chapter 1, verse 20 through 28. Bit of a long story, but it's kind of a fun one. So then Jesus continues on his way and he goes to the place called Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and he began to teach And the people there were amazed by his teaching because he taught them like one who had authority, not like the experts in the law. Just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, Leave us alone, Jesus of Nazarene, the Nazarene. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him. Silence, come out of him. And after throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. And they were all amazed, so they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He even commands the unclean spirits and they obey him. So the news about him spread quickly throughout all the region of Galilee. So Jesus claims to be God. In this time period, there was a lot more propensity to talk about Demonic activity, spiritual activity. We don't talk about that much here and today, but during this time, when they're doing the drama, when they're doing the play, this oral performance, that is a highlight of what they do. In order to really be God, you have to have power over the demons. So Jesus is exercising his power over the demons. But what's ironic about this, showing that he's God, is the narrator knows who Jesus is. Who do you say that I am? The narrator says Jesus is God. The unclean spirits, the the bad guys, right? They know who Jesus is. Who do you say that I am? They say Jesus is God. But the disciples who are witnessing it all, the disciples who are supposed to know God, supposed to know Jesus, they don't know who he is. 
And again, put yourself in the place of the disciples. The question you need to be asking is, who do you say Jesus is? All right, so point one, Jesus reveals he's the son of God. Here's point two. Jesus announces the kingdom of God. Jesus announces the kingdom of God. Now, this is strange language. Why do we mean by kingdom of God? When we look at the large picture of scripture, we see that God created humanity for relationship with him, right? You hear this? He loves you. He wants to know you. There's the idea of relationship. That relationship is broken because of sin. Sin separates us from God. That's the second chapter in the big story of the Bible. Chapter three of the Bible is how Jesus comes and he makes it possible for us to be in right relationship with God again. And he ushers in his kingdom, his rule or reign, making things be the way they are supposed to be. Chapter four is when it finally is realized. We all live right now in chapter three, where Jesus has started his reign, but he doesn't reign completely. And we're waiting for the day where he returns and he does rule and things are the way they are supposed to be. Sin, brokenness, evil, those things no longer exist. But we're waiting for that. So Jesus comes to announce his kingdom, which is basically saying, no longer do you have to live in light of sin, but you can live in right relationship with God because of what I have done. It's the, it's the part where Jesus ushers in his rule and reign over this world. So a couple things about that. Um, let's look at, when you understand the actual, the book of Mark. Chapter one, Jesus comes. In the middle of the book of Mark, the, disi- the disciples think that they finally get it. And they go, okay, Jesus has come to be God. Jesus has come to usher in his kingdom. And right then, they were living under Roman rule. And so they thought, well, Jesus has come to usher this in. That means Jesus is going to overthrow the Romans, and we're going to start a revolt, and we are going to take over and start a revolution, right? It's not exactly what happens. And in the middle of the book, Jesus explains to the disciples, this kingdom that I have isn't of this earth. So don't expect it to be on this earth. It's not about power. It's actually about humility and surrendering your power. So they don't get it. And actually, as you read to the end of the book of Mark, I'm giving you kind of the big overview of the book of Mark. When you get to the end of the book of Mark, it actually ends. And you're going to see in the book of of Mark, when you read it, they're going to have a little part that says, well, some of these words were added later. And like, wait, I thought we weren't supposed to add to the Bible. What happened was the play, the narrative from the original author, when he wrote it, just ended. And it ended on purpose, kind of like a cliffhanger. Because his goal wasn't to wrap things up, put a, put a Disney princess bow on it, and then send you off into the costume contest, right? His goal was to leave you wondering, what, what, what happens next? What do I do next? What do I think about Jesus? Now, a couple hundred years later, people got uncomfortable with it, so they added some text to kind of make it look prettier. That's what happened here at the end of the book of Mark. But it is going to end with you all trying to decide, what do you do with the person of Jesus? Is he who he says he is? Is he actually God? Is he actually ushering in a kingdom? We can't see Jesus right now. Is he really real? Those are the things that the author wants you to wrestle with. Okay, the third point that that I want you to see from the book of Mark Um, is that Jesus invites you to participate. He invites you to follow him. Jesus invites you to follow him. Yeah, it's a book that was written or a a drama that was meant to be performed or an oral story hundreds of years ago, 2,000 years ago. But at the end of it, he's inviting you to follow him. Jesus is inviting you to participate in relationship with him. Go to Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. I also have it on the board for you. Again, put yourself in the place of the disciples. And here's what it says. As he, Jesus, went along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew and Simon's brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me 
I will turn you into fishers of people. They left their nets immediately and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and in their boat, mending nets. And immediately he called out to them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. This is one of the examples where the disciples get it right initially. Jesus invites them into the relationship, invites them to follow him, and they do. I kind of want to give you the same challenge to follow him. The, that gets a little interesting. How do we do it? That's what part of the rest of the book is going to help explain for us. What does it look like to follow Jesus, to be in right relationship with him? We're going to look at that in the following weeks. But that's, I want to start off with the invitation to follow him, to be in relationship with Jesus. If you're not sure what that looks like, you can talk to your leader tonight. I'm happy to talk with you later. But that's one of the main pushes that he starts to give. Okay, so who do you say that I am? Again, I think it's one of the most important questions you can wrestle with. It might seem far off. It might seem distant. It might be like, well, I've never even met Jesus. What, what's going on with this? But he claims to be God. And if you look at history and you look at people who talk about him and they're like, oh, he claims to be this nice guy. When he actually claims to be God, you're kind of left with a couple choices. One, he's a liar. I got this from C.S. Lewis. He's a liar. Because if he claims to be God and he's not, he's trying to deceive people. Or two, he's a lunatic. Jesus walked this earth and he was crazy and he thought he was God and he wasn't really God. Or the third thing you're faced with is that Jesus is Lord. And if he is Lord, then following him means surrendering your right to living life the way you want to live it and living it the way that God wants you to live it. It means saying no to some of the things you want to do and yes to the things that he wants you to do. And that's tricky. And why would we ever say yes to that? Why would I ever listen to God as opposed to what I want? But if he's truly Lord, that's the, that's the choice we need to make. And I'd argue it's because he knows what's best for us, because he actually loves us. He wants to see us um, brought to fruition. But um, that's more in the book. We'll see more of that a little bit later. Okay, so those are some of the things you are, you're going you're gonna to look through at the book. Um, a couple other pieces I'm going to give you, because one of my challenges for you, because some application is to read through the book of Mark yourself. It's not that hard. Again, it's written like a drama or a play. It should be pretty simple. The chapters are pretty short. Every week here at Shig, we're going to talk about it. So tonight was chapter one. Next week's chapter two. So you could easily read the same chapter, chapter two, for next week, um, five or six times during the next week. Or you could try reading the whole book. It's 16 chapters. It would probably take you 20 minutes. It's not too difficult, again. But my challenge to you is to read the book of Mark. Follow along with it. Um, A second application for you is as you do this reading of the book of Mark, put yourself in the place of the disciples. The narrator knows Jesus is God. The enemies know that Jesus is God. The disciples don't know, and they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to say, who do you say that Jesus is? I want you to be able to answer that question. Okay, the last piece I have for you. I want to um, pretend to put myself in the place of Jesus, doing that game again of who do you say that I am. I want to read some things about Jesus, and I want you to hear, they sound a little bit crazy, but I think they're true. And as we do our study, I hope you will find them to be true. Jesus says this. He says, I've always existed. I created the world. I gave up my right to power and privilege to become as helpless as a baby. I lived a perfect life. I taught that I am God. I taught that I came to usher in a new kingdom. 
I gave up my life dying on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. Some believe me, and to them I call them children. Some reject me, and they will be rejected. I wait until the opportune moment, and then I will come again. Some people say I was just a good moral teacher. They're wrong. Some people say I was crazy. They're wrong. Some people realize the truth, that I am God. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Let's pray. Father, the book of Mark is a beautiful book that we get to read. Thank you for that. Lord, I pray for us as we walk through it these following weeks. Lord, you would just reveal yourself to each of these students. Would you help all of us encounter you and be faced with the reality of who you are, that you are God and you are worthy of being followed. Lord, I pray for good conversations in small group. I pray for the opportunity to read about you through the book of Mark. Would we realize and discover that you are God and that you are worthy of following? It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen.